0: What's up, guys? Andrew Cooper here, a.k.a. Coop A Fiasco on Twitter. Welcome in to the second episode of Coop's Fantasy Football Fiasco. First episode, all went well. Got a lot of positive feedback. Had one person say that I should probably slow down, to which I say, I can't slow down. This is the way I talk. If you want it slow down, we're now on iTunes, Spotify. Go over there and hit the old, uh, you know. 50% speed and slow it down for yourself, but you can't slow down, slow me down over here because we only have an hour. And last week we talked about wide receivers with Mike Fiella, and we kind of proved how short an hour is. At the end of that show, there were sleepers that need to be talked about and they didn't get talked about. So we're gonna have to circle back on some wide receiver sleepers, you know, probably in a couple of weeks or so, because right now we're going through each position. Wide receiver, quarterback, running back, tight end. Today quarterback. A lot of people think that they can just kind of cruise by, not worry about quarterback, not worry about tight end, not worry about defense. All they care about is running back and wide receiver. They draft a ton of them. That's all they add off waivers. And I tell you right now, playing like that is a one-way first-class bullet speed train ticket to third place. I've seen it a million times, guys who are very good at this game, they go out, all they care about is those two positions, all they add off waivers, those two positions, and they come in third. Because when it comes to the tournament at the end, everybody has good running backs and wide receivers. How do you think you made it there? The difference makers are those onesie positions, right? So that's where I'm at today. We're going to look at quarterback. The way we did it the first episode is the way we're going to do it with all four positions, right? We're going to do uh, – I'm going to talk for about 20 minutes about the elite guys, about my process. We're going to bring in a very special guest this week week today scott fish one of the legends of the industry is going to come talk to us about the mid-range quarterbacks and then i'll finish it up with some sleeper concepts and folks i see you in the chat gemmo chalupa Britt, albert ff uh tommy what's up gang thank you guys for joining us again let's get into it right away though quarterback is the most important position in real life football in fantasy football, it can be a difference maker, but there's a lot of ways to go about it. The way that I approach quarterback is this. There are two drafts in your draft. There's a draft within the draft, honestly. And in Superflex, it's even more important to be a part of the draft within the draft, and that's the quarterback draft. In Superflex, that draft ends way before the regular draft. If you're in the Scott Fish Bowl, look at the quarterbacks that are left in rounds 15, 16, 17, 18. There's none. so. The draft within the draft is incredibly important. And if you want to get a top guy, you really got to plan ahead. Like, I am, in all aspects of this game, not in favor of going into a draft saying, I'm doing zero RB no matter what. I'm taking a wide receiver in the first round. I don't like that. But at quarterback, that is kind of, at the top end of quarterback at least, that's kind of the one position where you have to say, I'm going to take an elite guy this time. And you have to know when you're going to do it. So let's get into the t- very top guys, right? And here we talked about wide receivers last week where you're splitting hairs. If you move one guy up, Jordan Loop, I see you in the chat. Shout out, baby. Uh, if you move if you move one guy up, right? Like if you move C.D. Lamb to wide receiver two is the example we gave last week. You're going to have C.D. Lamb in every league. That's even more uh, – That's even that goes even more for quarterback. Like if you take uh, Lamar Jackson and you make him your QB1, you're going to have Lamar Jackson in every league, Right. Or if you just take even the top three guys, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, if you pick one of those guys and say, I'm getting this guy, this is my guy, and say it's Josh Allen, then you'll, you'll get him every time in the second round. If that's what you want to do. But just know that uh, there's other ways to go about it. The way that I handle these top guys is I personally am not attached to any of them. I like them all, uh, so I wait. I, In my opinion, best ball this year. Where you have to take two or three quarterbacks. Look at underdog, for instance, where you know uh, T.J. Hernandez a four for four, four for four has already proven that the ideal builds are two or three quarterbacks, and every team takes two or three. That ADP is pushing it up in regular drafts. So personally, I'm not taking any of these guys in the second round. The way we're seeing so far, I think that's going to settle down a little bit. But if they do fall to the third round, or especially the fourth round, I'll take whoever's left. That's the way I'm handling Mahomes, Hurts, and Allen. At the top, I don't care about stacking. If I take Diggs, I'm not going to force myself to take Allen. I'll, if Allen's there in the third round, I will rub it in everyone's face that they let me stack Diggs and Allen that way, but I'm not going to uh, go out of my way to force it. And I think that's the way you should treat these guys as well. So uh, with the top dogs, that, that's my approach. Let me know in the chat if any of you guys think that there's another way. Yamato, I'm the same way as you. Drafting for value is the way. And in those early rounds, that's the way. And Uh, As far as if you do really like a guy, I will suggest get him because there's no uh, drafting T Higgins and then next round circling back and taking DK Metcalf here. That's not how it works at QB. If you have a guy, go get him. All right. So that's how I'm handling those top dogs in the next group here. uh, I kind of treat it the same way in the in the second tier, the way I treat the top tier. I'm not going to draft a quarterback until every guy that i like to potentially be the number one flex player is gone so for me i look at the first two three rounds and there's 10 to 12 running backs that i think could be the number one running back right why can't josh jacobs Ramondre stevenson why can't those guys be the top running back right there's 10 to 12 wide receivers right that i think these guys could be the number one dude so if that's the case i'm not going to take a qb over those guys and right there I just basically said there's about two rounds worth of guys. And on top of that, even though we've never had a tight end be the number one flex player, the positional scarcity that you get from Travis Kelsey and that you get from Mark Andrews, that applies there as well. So for me, that pretty much eliminates me taking a quarterback anywhere in the first three rounds. And I'll stretch that out to include Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is a guy I like and we'll get to that uh, momentarily. but. First and foremost, that's how I treat it. I think that's how everyone should go about it is why don't you start by making a list of guys you think could be the number one flex player? Because those are the real league winners. And then once you have that done, you're going to feel a lot better about taking a quarterback. I'll take Jalen Hurts. If I go through that full list and it's exhausted and no one's taking QBs, I'll say, hell yeah, give me that guy. Right? So that's the way I'm operating in the top. And the biggest one, of one of the, Uh, sneakiest things about quarterback versus other positions is this is the one position where you can really uh, use your knowledge of your league and your format and how people operate to your advantage. Everyone has that guy in their league, you know, Pete, that takes the first quarterback off the board or he drafts Patrick Mahomes every year. I swear that guy exists in every league. Know who you're drafting with. Know if your league mates, if they draft guys early, wait, if you know that your league mates are like, the super sharp Twitter crew that refused to ever draft a quarterback, use that to your advantage as well. Take a quarterback in the third round. Take the first one off the board. Get that advantage. Me personally, I usually backfill them, but in one of my hometown leagues, everybody thinks they're uh, some super high stakes shark savant, and I end up getting the best quarterback in like the fourth round. Not a problem for me. So, you know, with the top dogs, that's the way I'm rolling. Let's take a look at the second group here. And then after that, we're going to have Scott Fish on to sort out the hard part of the draft, the middle grouping. Uh, So for this next group across the board, guys are kind of going in different spots. So I personally, I like to use FFPC Expert ADP. Uh, It it is one of the best places to draft, in my opinion. You can draft anywhere from $5 to $2,000 main event to $5,000 crazy high stakes leagues. Uh, So if you want to get on that, go over to my FFPC, use promo code alarm. And first time depositors will get $25 when they deposit 35 or more. Uh, So this second group is fairly tightly packed in ADP over there. You have Lamar Jackson going at ADP 28, right? So that's uh, that's, uh, around the third round. Joe Burrow, ADP 30. So right around the same spot in the third round. And then Justin Herbert Goes at ADP 40.2 and Justin Fields 40.4. So to me, that's a coin flip on who goes first in any given spot. And the other guy I would put in this category because there is a drop off after him is Trevor Lawrence. He goes ADP 49. So these guys in these high stakes games, you know, it is translating over from best ball that, that, that people are, are saying, I want to get an league Q- Q- QB. I want to get a difference maker. They're going here. Here's my cheat sheet on how I personally am going about this crew here. I look at Lamar Jackson this year at ADP 28, and he's the guy that I personally feel could jump right into that top three group for next year. We've actually seen this guy be the MVP of the league. We've seen him lead the league in touchdown passes while running for 10. That's like Cam Newton MVP year. That's what he did. Led the league in touchdowns, ran for 10. Like that is game-breaking ability. And not only that, but he's getting a new offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin that wants to throw they went out they got uh odell beckham jr they got uh rashad batman's coming back they drafted zay jo- uh zay flowers like they're loading up for him to throw more but that's not going to take away from his rushing ability he's still going to be able to score those touchdowns that are the real meat and potato- potatoes especially in four-point passing leagues so i'm in on lamar jackson uh joe burrow really only mostly stacking him if chase is there uh, or you know, if I have Chase, if I have Higgins, I will stack if, if the value's there. But I'm not taking that much. Where I really go is Fields at ADP or Herbert. Quickly after Fields goes because those two guys, I believe, have crazy upside. And Trevor Lawrence, he's the the odd man out for me. But if if we get through that first group and it's a stalemate, I'm looking around. No one's taking anybody. If he slides, then I'm taking him. So that's kind of my cheat sheet on that. Uh, if you want to take advantage of that and these ADPs. Go over to my FFPC, like I said, use promo code ALARM and uh, first-time depositors. They'll give you 25 bucks when you put in 35 or more, and you're probably going to want to put in more than 35 if you're playing over there because th- it's a, one of the best opportunities to win big. And one of the coolest things they do is all summer they do the $2,000 uh, buy-in main event where you can win big money. Some of those drafts you can either do online or you can go to Vegas and do them, which is kind of a cool excuse to do a Vegas trip. Yeah. So for me, I'm taking uh, Lamar Jackson, Fields, of course. uh, You know, a lot of people have telling me that Lamar instead of taking Lamar Jackson, they just wait and take Fields because it's the same thing. And to me, I think that's a mistake. Lamar Jackson, as I said, has been MVP. Had has led this league in touchdown passes, and the floor for him, in my opinion, is just generally a tire. We know he's a known commodity as he's done it before with Justin Fields. He has a a solid floor. The rushing always gives you floor, but we don't know necessarily what his ability to pass at a incredibly high level is. And I believe in Justin Fields. I just said I was drafting him at ADP in a bunch of spots, but do we know if he can take it to the highest level this year? You look around at guys like Josh Allen, for instance, who, you know, came out and threw for 52% completion percentage in 58 in his first two years and then took it to the high, highest level of the third year. I think Justin Fields is on that trajectory, but can he take it to that level this year? That's where he's a higher risk. So I don't mind taking both of them, but I'm not ruling out Lamar Jackson just because Justin Fields exists. That seems like the popular thing to do, and I think that's a mistake. So Lamar Jackson I'm taking. Burrow, the one that I mentioned that, you know, I am fading a little bit compared to most and you know I've gotten some flack for that but that is one where I think you can actually get a cheaper version of him later and that's Justin Herbert right I see some people in the chat throwing up the Justin Herbert to the moon what up sellers thanks for popping in uh, you know if you look at Burrow versus Herbert the completion percentage last year for Burrow 68.2% for Herbert 68.3 yards per game Burrow just under 280 Herbert just under 280 the big difference for these guys was the average depth of target for Burrow was a lot higher. Uh, with Justin Herbert, it was a lot lower. With uh, Burrow, he threw obviously more touchdown passes. Herbert threw less. To me, both of those things can be tied back to the offensive coordinator. And the upgrade they made this year going to Kellen Moore is huge. If you look at Joe Lombardi, the things that he's done throughout the year, throwing to the running back, that's not just because Austin Eckler there. It's not just because he had Alvin Kamara. If you go back to his time with the Lions, he threw uh, over 150 passes, That's up over 150 passes to the running backs. Guys like, uh, you know, Reggie Bush got hurt and it was guys like Joyke Bell and Theo Riddick and whoever. So that's what he wants to do. It's built into it. And last year, if you take all the quarterbacks that played at least a handful of games, uh, you know, started at least five or six, Justin Herbert ranked 32nd out of 34 in ADOT. So Joel Lombardi was holding that back. That's great news for Samaj P. Ryan and Javante Williams over in Denver, where Lombardi is now. But in uh, – in, in uh, I almost said San Diego there. In Los Angeles, give me Justin Herbert. I'm I'm all in on him this year. Last year he threw for the third most yards, even with those conditions, even with the low ADOT conditions. Now they have Kellen Moore, who was run out of town by Mike McCarthy because he's throwing the ball too much, because he was running the score up right like he wasn't giving the defense time to rest ridiculous for fantasy football give me that i don't want the defense to rest i a pick 6 in fantasy football you just get the ball back to sling it again so i want justin herbert out there running gunning hucking, chuck it pigskin and i think we're going to get it finally this year so i'm excited for him there with Trevor Lawrence i he like there is an argument to be made that he's in the same group i mean him and herbert only threw for 25 touchdowns last year the difference is that I've I've seen Herbert do it, right? I've seen Herbert uh, in previous seasons already throw for over three, uh, you know, thirty touchdowns. He just threw for almost five thousand last year. Uh, so Lawrence, I will take. But I've seen Lawrence go ahead of Herbert, and to me, it's not really a question. Justin Herbert, uh, with the addition of a first round wide receiver, no more worrying about Mike Williams or Keenan Allen getting hurt. They have the tools now. They have Gerald Everett still there, obviously. So Josh Palmer's still there. Austin Eckler's still there. So I'm not worried at all about Herbert. In fact, having Eckler is so huge. Same thing with Drew Brees with Kamara. It's so huge to have a guy where you say, should we run it? And instead you just do a dump down pass, which is the extension of the run. It's basically the same thing, but Herbert gets those points. My goodness, Trey Bone, give me that all day long. So Justin Herbert this year, I think is an absolute smash spot. It might be the best spot ever. For Herbert, because if next year, if Austin Eckler leaves and they bring in, you know, if you have a guy like Derrick Henry, you're, you can't throw him 100 passes. So if Eckler leaves and they go with somebody that doesn't have those chops, Herbert might not be as good. But this year, I think Herbert is an absolute jamma. Uh So before we bring Scott Fish on, I just want to give you a couple last pieces of advice at the top. Right. Number one. And this goes back to the best ball concept where people are getting too globbed into best ball there. It's leaking the best ball. I, I love Dynasty. I love best ball. We do best ball drafts all the time with the family, uh, in the fantasy alarm discord, get yourself a membership, use promo code coop, and you'll get 50% off the first, uh, six months with that and getting the discord to hang out with us, get all the draft guy, get everything. I mean, if you use, get the all pro membership with promo code coop, you get all our baseball picks, you get NASCAR picks. Uh, Matthew sells the, you know, three out of four times the NASCAR writer of the year, like doesn't get any better than that. So you get all that, but, um, so we love best ball, but best ball is getting in the way of the way we think about this position. And one of the big ones is stacking. Stacking is a great thing. Like if you can pull off the stack properly and it works out, you crush. But Josh Larkey, one of our good friends over at Thirty Third Team, he was the the main. He, in my opinion, he's the stack master, and he was the guy that drove the boat saying that it's not just for best ball; it's for all formats. And I agree with that. But he is also the one that says pump the brakes. You, if you reach even slightly you're racing all benefit of what that does for you, right? So if you reach on the wide receiver, if you reach on the quarterback, that is what's killing you. And I'm seeing it too much. I'm seeing too many people taking uh, Stephon Diggs in the first round and then saying, I have to take Josh Allen in the second round. Same thing with Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown. Same thing with Mahomes and Kelsey. They're just in their mind. They're like, I have to do this. And you might be missing out on value. And who knows? You might have been able to actually get Josh Allen in the third round. So. Be very careful with stacking. The other one is it's okay to take two quarterbacks. I know that you know somewhere in some magazine somebody once said that you can never draft more than one quarterback. You know in two thousand three at a gas station that magazine you picked it up and you put that in your mind and you never let it go. That's not true. Like when you look at the breakout QBs of the past, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Cam Newton, Deshaun Watson as a rookie, Lamar Jackson, there were two ways to get those guys. You either Waited and took one quarterback and took them as a second quarterback. I guess there was three. I guess you could have technically taken Patrick Mahomes as QB like 18 and made him your starting quarterback if you're like a real sicko. But nobody was really doing that. Uh, or the other way is to get him off waivers. So my thought process is this. If your weakest position is quarterback, then take two. It, it, that's what your bench is for. If you start your draft with seven wide receivers and four uh, running backs, then it's okay to take two tight ends. It's okay to take two quarterbacks. Like you already have plenty at the position. So that's where I'm at with, with those Uh, let's real quick. Let's hear something from our buddies over at FFPC and then we'll bring on the guy that you all came to see. I know, uh, you know, I got some concepts for you, but everybody wants to see the legendary Scott fish, the charity man that makes it all happen. So let's hear from FFPC and then we'll bring on Scott to sort out this middle round.
1: Kendra Miller fan, he's running back 46 in the fantasy pros championship right now. Uh, at, at the um, end of the 11th round. I want you to talk a little bit about him from both standpoints. Number one from redraft, um, he's in the backfield. same backfield as Alvin Kamara, who we talked about in the first hour, and then obviously Jamal Williams. But as far as dynasty goes too, what you what should you be doing now if you're a, a dunce like me and missed on Miller? What kind of offers should you be making for Kendra Miller in your dynasty
2: leagues right now? Well, the problem now is the news worked against you, right? In the sense that you know that there's a suspension looming. Uh, we don't know what that suspension is. So, do you try to go after him prior to the suspension, or do you wait to see how long it is? Mm-hmm. Uh, right, because the higher the suspension is, the more expensive Kendra is going to be. It gives him an opportunity. We saw Kamara. You know, you don't have to go farther than than New Orleans. We saw Kamara take advantage. I remember they brought in Adrian Peterson. They had, um, uh, what's his name, Mark Mark Ingram. Yep. Right? And then they brought in Kamara, and everyone's like, there's no way Kamara's going to be relevant year one. And he smashed because talent comes through. These teams want to win now. They're going to put the best players out there. Kendra Miller comes off of a 1,400-yard season. Like, one thing for me, bulky in fantasy, is if you showed me you did it, I'm going to believe you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: This whole upside thing where you've never done it, I'm over all of that, like tight end position. I talk about often. That's why I don't invest in rookie tight ends. I'll pay. I'll pay the price for a Kelsey. I'll pay for a Kittle when I know they're going to smash for me, right? Running back, you're looking for talent. You're looking for proven. This guy's proved it. And I le- progression. You look at his career in, in college. He's progressed every year in the receiving game, in the rushing game. I just there's there's something about when you watch him play, and sometimes it's not. You know, I don't have a great stat for you or anything. But there's guys, there's certain guys when I see him play, something kind of, you know, and he's one of the guys, when I started watching his tape and just seeing what he can do, I think he can be an all-around workhorse. He had 224 touches uh, in his last season in college. So, look, we talk about New Orleans. We don't know what this offense is going to look like. They have a new quarterback. They have everything, a whole new situation there. He he could come in with Kamara out and just take over that backfield right yeah. away.
3: Let's go.
0: Oh, baby, get the intro music out because we have a very, very special guest joining us, honestly, probably the most special in the industry, not going to lie. Uh, So let's bring him in. Without further ado, the most charitable man in all of fantasy football, Mr. Scott Fish. What's up, brother? man. Bro?
4: man. <laughs> Quite an intro there. Very nice of you. Very kind. Glad to be here, man. Glad to be here. I, I'm glad to be your first uh, first official real guest. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's right. We did the test guest last week in case nobody watched with uh, Mike Fiella, and then <laughs> now we bring in the real guest here. So yeah, the first official real guest, it's like uh, those are kind of the prequels, right? <laughs> we just get those, get those out of the way, pretend they didn't happen, but... Yeah, what's happening, man? So the Scott Fish Bowl drafts are wrapped, wrapping up, another successful yeah. year. Are you ever nervous that, that something's going to happen and just the whole thing's going to be go haywire, or, or you got it all figured out now?
4: I, I used to be much more nervous, but we have such a big team now, and I feel like every year it's kind of like ducks on the water. Like the surface looks smooth, but we're paddling our legs yeah, a ton yeah. underneath. It all just manages to work out. So now even when I stress out about something, I'm like, it's going to work out. Like think it yeah. works out. It just happens. It just gets put together every year. It is.
0: It's crazy how many people go into it. Like, I know it's not just you. It's like you got ambassadors all around, like Bob Gilchrist running around like crazy in Boston. Uh, yeah. Jordan Loop in the chat. I see him. I talked to him about the obvi- the avatar makers, and those guys mm-hmm. are working like Santa's elves over there to get, I don't even know how many yeah. avatars out. but It's amazing. Yeah.
4: I can't possibly thank all these people enough. It's weird to think that just like four years ago, it was like me and ryan or just me four or five years ago it was just me and then <laughs> ryan came on and now there's a team of like 30 people it's yeah crazy. eventually
0: you'll be able to hand off all the hard parts and you'll just sit there hand throwing out invites like uh <laughs> you know like mardi gras parade uh, fun, that'd be nice but anyway i didn't bring you here to uh to gloat about your amazing tournament I brought you in to uh, to do some fantasy football work, Scott. Oh boy, handle that today? Yeah, Yeah. I
4: can do it. That's that's actually what I do for my job. (laughs) Believe it or
0: not, he's not just like the uh, fantasy Santa Claus. He he does he pretty much invented Devi, by the way. So Mm -hmm. uh, you know, got a lot of accolades there. Uh, So let's look at the mid round uh, QBs. Uh, I talked about quarterback essentially one through eight in the intro, uh, all the Mm -hmm. way to Trevor Lawrence so uh uh before we get to the names themselves, I kind of just wanna ask you your opinion. I just gave twenty minutes rambling take on what I do uh but in a normal ten to twelve team league, let's say your hometown league uh yeah. you know some folks are pretty adamant about getting a qB early, some are totally against it, others just take value- What's your general philosophy normal league
4: yeah i i I think you nailed it a little bit earlier talking about know knowing your league like my home league i didn't draft a quarterback for many years because I knew I could figure it out on the waiver wire um but more recently, the last couple of years, I kinda like having a really good quarterback i think there's i think there's a couple of benefits to it you're not wasting money on waiver wire you're not wasting fab on waiver wire you're not fighting other teams for waiver wire stuff and i if you draft- if you have a guy like Mahomes or something or a herbert or what like you're not wasting an extra roster spot on which guy do I start or whatever. You just, you lock him in and you have an extra roster spot for a, like a depth upside guy. So like, I feel like I've changed my tune over the last couple of years and it's, it's, it's partly because I like having the roster spot and not having to deal with wasting waiver, but it's also the odds of making the playoffs the last few years with a top end quarterback, a top six or so quarterback has just been unreal high, like 25, 30% just by having one.
0: Right, exactly, and I was looking at uh, some of the numbers there. And, and I, in the first segment, I said the same thing in my hometown league. Everybody started doing what I, you know, they got it sharp and started fading them, and I'm the one that takes them now. And a yeah. guy kind of like Mahomes, you mentioned, like I don't think people realize how hard it is to throw 30 touchdown passes in this league. You know, it's like people just like up. I couldn't it up. do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I definitely. I mean, like nobody can do it. I was looking at the numbers and like back going back to even like. Going back from the 80s to now, less than 10% of the QBs essentially have a single season with 30 touchdown passes. It's just not – it doesn't happen that often. A couple times, uh, even recently, I think when Lamar – when Russell Wilson led the league with touchdown passes, he only threw like 36. So it's yeah. not it's not that um, – it doesn't happen that often. Uh, and before we get to the mid-range, I want to ask you one more quick question. Because uh, yeah. this has been of – the, of the elite guys, this one has been a little divisive. The, the two Justins. They both yeah. go ADP on FFPC forty, like on the dot. If you were going to pick one, which one you take?
4: Yeah, I'm. I'm a Herbert guy. Maybe yeah. I just old school loving loving the passers. But uh, I mean, we're talking about a guy who threw 4,700 yards and like 28, 29 touchdowns last year with a rib injury for like multiple weeks, a shoulder injury for multiple weeks. I think he had 5,000 yards the year before. Like you were mentioning his numbers versus Burrow, and like I'm like. His two his first two years were better than any of Burrow's years right. at all so far so it's uh, it's no it's it's Herbert for me I get the upside with Fields and if he can develop into more of a passer and and put turnout like a Lamar Jackson thirty five touchdown year yeah sure it's Fields the upside's there but it's it's Herbert for me I want that guy that I think that can be a five thousand yard passer in a v- division he's gonna have to be in a lot of shootouts.
0: I love that you have a take on that because there's a cop out sitting right there just to be like Herbert and six point passing and Fields and four. That what <laughs> it's sitting right the low hanging fruit, the easy, the easy cheat code there. So good. Uh, well, all right, let's get into the tier I brought you in for. Enough talking about the tier we just talked about. Yeah. Uh, so after the first group, kind of a decent tier drop after Trevor Lawrence, uh, yep. you got De- and I see these guys going all in conjunction. Uh, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott kirk cousins tua of those four and and if you want to specify on six point versus four point i think that's fair here but yeah i don't don't
4: find much of a difference between six and four personally i'm not i'm not the guy that pushes that because a guy who throws 34 touchdowns versus 26 like what is that 16 points difference over the course of a season like it's so it's one point per game like whatever Whatever. They don't, they, they
0: don't want you to know that, though. Yeah. They don't want you to know that the 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 four the four verse six cop out folks of which I've been, I'll admit, in the past.
4: Oh, <laughs> well, we all have. But,
0: but Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, all those guys: Watson, Prescott, Cousins, Tua. I I I group these together because I've seen Tua go first of this group. I've seen the, I've seen it all mixed around. I have uh, to and, but but you rare you rarely see people from the group below go ahead of these guys so right. uh, who do you like best who do you like worst out of those four?
4: every once in a while you'll see someone super high on Anthony Richardson pop him up. But oh yeah um, no, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh that's but, gonna start
0: happening. happen I bet that's gonna get hot I bet. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Um I like that you have the tear cut off at Lawrence because like for me and my son, that is a clear drop right there. Yes. So I, I like that you caught it there. Uh,
0: do, do you want me easy. to rank them? In
4: Would order? Have been too, oh How yeah, like, that'd be even better.
0: That'd be them? better. It would have been too easy if I left Lawrence in there. So yeah, let me get a ranking. Yeah, way
4: here. too easy. So I have Kirk and Tua much higher than Watson and Prescott personally. Okay. Um, not much higher, but enough that I I like those two those two more. We saw what Tua could do with uh when with Tyreek even before and after the first concussion. Um, the that offense can be all out explosive. Uh, Kirk on the other hand he's never missed a game due to injury since becoming a full-time starter. Like he missed a COVID game. He missed one week 17 that was meaninglessly benched, but he's been a 4,000 plus yards, 30 plus total touchdowns. You know, I think he had 29 last year, plus a rushing or two, but 30 plus total touchdowns, three straight years. And you just talked about how tough that is. Like, I think the offense is the Vikings offense is a little better this year, and their defense is equally as bad as they were last year. So right. uh, I would slightly take Cousins over Tua, but I do not, I would never knock someone taking Tua because we saw some ridiculous three touchdown, three, 400 yard games last year. But Cousins' safety is just a touch above Tua for me. Then it's Dak. Um, Dak, uh, he looked pretty bad last year, uh, you know, a little worse than, uh, but Part of that's injury, like in his last two full seasons where he wasn't hurt at all. We're talking 4,400 to 4,900 yards, 30 plus touchdowns those two years. If he can stay healthy, I like him over Deshaun Watson, who I thought looked downright terrible most of the time last year. I know he's been out of football for a year and a half, but on and off the field, Watson is my fourth on that list. I know that he had some top five seasons a few years ago, points per game, but um, he's probably fourth on my list. Yeah,
0: I will say this about Cousins. You talk about the safety with him, and he is—he falls in that category where I put uh, Brady and Eli Manning. He's an elite thrower away of the football. Right? Oh yeah, like he—he's yeah. good at getting. Honestly, it's a—it's a skill to be good at getting away with intentional grounding in this league. Yeah. you know <laughs> what I mean. And like Cousins is nice at that. And I think that's a part of why he stays so healthy. Um, you know, and the other thing about Cousins is for people that uh, don't want to deal with it at quarterback. By week for your Vikings is like what 13?
4: Yeah, it's so really late. It's you late. you can
0: right? just yeah. you can set him and forget. If you like him, you set him and yeah. forget them. And then you just got to figure out down the road. Uh, when everybody's already gone through and done their whole thing, you just pick one guy up one time, get yep. that done with, and then move on. So I like that. The one guy on the list that I'm a little bit concerned about as of late is Dak Prescott. I okay. don't I don't like the um the comments coming out of him and around the team. Okay. Where the uh I'm worried of Mike McCarthy saying, you know, moving Kellen Moore out because they're scoring too quick. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's not good. As a fancy football guy, that sounds terrible to me. Cowboys yeah. fans, you know, they don't yeah. care about that. But and then Dak says he's gonna take better care of the football. And again, I, I don't care about interceptions. I know in the Scott Fishbowl this year, they don't even mean anything. So Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah, yeah those those are definitely some concerning statements. I, I will say I like his offensive weapons, especially uh in the past game more than I like uh more than I like the Browns. And I know I know Stefanski from Minnesota. He loves to run. So right. I think there's just as many concerns there. That's why I still have him a touch above Watson.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So I'm with you on that, man. And again, it's like uh I talked about in the first segment. Like if you put cousins above this crew, like as you do, it makes your life easier, but you're yeah. gonna end up with a lot of cousins. Right. Yeah. Because like, you know yeah, it's because like,
4: you can get them. You yeah, can Two. to two it to is the uh the high upside one, though. I don't think Cousins has Tua's upside. That's for right, sure. Right,
0: yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, but I don't know, though, because Tua, we like to think about the mobility, but I I imagine this year he's like, I, I can't imagine them calling his name on a QB sneak given mm. the
4: concerns. That's Yeah, that's probably know, true. That's one of that's them.
0: But true. I think both those guys solid there. Uh, before we get to the next tier, I, I pulled Anthony Richardson out for the reasons you mentioned. No, <laughs> no easy buckets here, Scott. Anthony Richardson would have been an easy pick from this next tier. Uh, he is the lightning rod here. And yeah. if you want him, my advice to everybody, if you want him, you got to go get him because somebody in your league has been, you know, searching his name on Twitter. And the more you do that, the more you just start moving up to like eight or nine. Uh, so for you, Anthony Richardson, are you willing to take him at ADP? And are you willing to take him as your only quarterback as a standalone quarterback?
4: Well, the first thing I'm going to say is get your guys like fantasy football is supposed to be fun. I, I know we want to win, but get your guys like have fun with it. So <laughs> if, if you like Richardson, go ahead reach on that ADP. Uh, as far as I, I mean, I've drafted Anthony Richardson in a few leagues. I like having him. Is he gonna be my outcoming uh, out of the draft my only quarterback? That's a little scary, man. Yeah,
0: that's spicy, dude. I think yeah. I
4: I I do have Richardson ranked uh right right near that edge of the top 12 there, which is yeah. probably just as high as any like I've seen some QB sevens out there. That's a little that's a little uh that's a little bit pushy for me. I can't get that yeah, on. I can't do that. Too. A little too no. uh maybe I'm a little too based in realism or something uh, and less hype. But uh, I don't think I can come out with him as my complete standalone. I would, pro- I'm sure I would grab one of those bottom second tier, third tier quarterbacks to start the season, just just to be safe. Or if Anthony Richardson doesn't start, or if he does fail, you know, yeah.
0: the move might be honestly like if you wait, like let's say you wait and you get Kirk Cousins like cheap at like QB ten, which I mean that's where he goes, right? Like in that range. Yeah. Pretty much. Like, yeah. Then, I mean, if Anthony Richardson's just kind of sitting there later on, maybe slide him on the bench, see what happens. You know, you got the safety in Kirk, who, I mean, probably the least mobile quarterback in the league, him or Sherry Goff, right? <laughs> like yeah. Mac Jones, maybe. I don't know. But, uh, you know, and then you got the upside. So kind of a good mix. Um, all right. Before I let you go here, we got to sort out this second group. And, again, this is probably more either super flex or two QB leagues, or if you're somebody like myself that is willing to sometimes take two, do you ever take two quarterbacks Scott normally?
4: Usually not, not unless it's super flex. Usually not though. It's, it depends if I get, if I take an Anthony Richardson, I'm taking one and of these next guys, guys probably. Yeah.
0: That's the way to be though. Cause it's like, why take, Cousins and Jared Goff. Although, actually, you know what? I did say that. And then uh, Jorge Martin, we love Jorge, right? He he kind of pointed out that their schedules match up like perfectly. Like, I
4: love the schedule things. You're calling it
0: the Los Hermanos strategy. You know, Jeff
4: Ratcliffe in his SFB uh, Live LA thing, he took Goff, Amon Ra, and Cousins Jefferson to start his draft. I'm like those are some Lions Vikings games. You're going to have fun watching.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. The over unders for those games are going to be like easily over 50, right? Like no defenses, okay okay defenses.
4: Yeah, Vikings
0: lost guys on defenses here too. Yeah, we lost two. We lost two
4: cornerbacks to Pittsburgh alone. I know. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So it could be it could be spicy games over there, but we like that for fantasy. Yep. So yeah, okay. So in this group, we'll, we'll so since you don't really take two, we'll we'll. Leave this as a super flex or two QB okay. uh, conversation of these guys that I'm going to list off here. Who are you most comfortable with as your QB two? Uh, you already have, you already got. So, you're, let's say you have Kirk Cousins. Uh, the the next group of guys, QBs 14 to 19, Okay. are Geno Smith, Daniel yeah. Jones, Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr. And feel free to go off the script if you're just like, "Hey, I got a great guy I love." But oh, yeah. well, the late
4: guy I love that I keep grabbing is Sam Howell, but that's more of a super flicks mm-hmm. QB three thing. But uh out of those, you know, I can't be Daniel Jones throwing 15 touchdowns. <laughs> I can't even they him, man. I 48 slot receivers, and but it's not Russell Wilson. I've been so down on him the last two years, but he, I I like him a little better this year at his eight, but um at his price, but um it's it's probably gotta be it's probably gotta be either Rogers, Gino, or Goff. I have them right next to each other. I love what Ben Johnson's doing. Goff had multiple scores in like six of his last eight. Um, there I don't know that they've improved, like Gibbs and Montgomery adding Laporta, like the wide receivers are still kind of weak, still the same. I do Gino added Charbonnet and JSN, you know, JSN's gonna be great for that offense, but Aaron Rodgers, man. I didn't think he looked good last year, but when J- Aaron Rodgers, when people don't believe in him and when he's pissed off and he has to prove something, man, it's hard. It's hard to turn down Aaron Rodgers. He's got
0: that him. spite in him, right? He's got that. He's got that yeah. It's, there is something to that though. Like, uh, you know, like Warren Buffett talked about yeah. how he, when well, you know, like the the investor talked about how the first big purchase he made was buying a company because they like, they changed the stock price, and he just like spite bought the company, and that that is what war. That's what uh, Berkshire Hathaway was like a furniture company that he bought just to bury them. And Aaron <laughs> Rodgers has that in him. Like yeah, uh, the moment that the moment the narrative gets, he'll coast until the narrative gets bad, and then he's like, now we need to hulk it yeah. up quick. So,
4: yeah, I mean, he's got Garrett Wilson. He's got some weapons there. He's got he's got, you know, some good weapons like Wilson. He's got some many average and below average weapons that he requested to join the team with him.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah. Uh, I, OK.
4: Uh, before
0: yeah. we let, before we let you go here, uh, I want to say uh, Russell Wilson with a new coach or Derek Carr with a new team.
4: Russell Wilson with the new coach. Yeah. I just okay. think he has better weapons. I mean, uh, they're, they're yeah. pretty close, actually. I mean, you got a You got Michael Thomas. I like Rashid Jaheed. So, but, no uh, matter
0: how you slice it, if you're making a bet on Russell Wilson, you're betting on Sean Payton and Joe Lombardi. Yeah. And the end of the day. Like, you got to think about those guys and whether you like them or not. That really is what it boils down to.
4: Yeah, yeah. and honestly, it's more them than it is Russ. I just uh, – like, watching Russ – at the at tail end of his years in Seattle, I thought, I thought he was cooked. I thought he was yeah. done. I didn't know what Denver was doing, but I'll, yeah, I think I like him better at his price this year.
0: Awesome, man. Wait, well, hey, thank you for joining us. Uh, I know the Scott fish bowl off and running almost wrapped up. Uh, what else you got going on this offseason man? What do you got planned? You're going to be at the expo. I, yeah, season, I'm going to be, gonna be at the the expo.
4: in a couple weeks. We got fancy football weekly returning for its 29th season, longest running fantasy show out there. Um, that'll, that'll be kicking off here next month. Um, got, you know, a fantasy football training camp and we got a couple state fair shows. If you happen to be in Minnesota, I love doing those live shows. I bring Ian on. He, he gets to do some live radio, which is fun, but, uh, yeah, I I got
0: live radio state fair shows. Yeah. That's awesome.
4: Yeah. Yeah. We, well, we have three live events a year. We do this fantasy football training camp in front of like a thousand to 1500 people, um, just we do a live show in front of them and talk to etc cetera, etc, cetera. and then we have we go to the state fair and do our two hour radio show in front of you know hundreds of people. And uh, I always bring Ian on to to come talk as well,
0: dude. Ian, he is he is the, the chosen one, man. I can't <laughs> wait to, to watch his his career unfold, man, because he's already he's already so sharp, you know, and it can only go up from here. So it's
4: It's fun. He loves it. Yeah, it's
0: awesome. Everyone loves it (laughs) based on the the reactions you get on Twitter. So, all right, Scott, I'll let you go, man. Thank you so much for coming on and joining us, buddy. Uh, Have a good one. Uh, After this, folks, I'm going to get back, and we're going to hit on the deep sleepers, guys that can not only win you your super flex, your Scott Fishbowl, your two QB leagues, but also potentially become dynasty assets or even sneak into those one QB leagues. Let's hear from our buddies at FFPC first, and then we'll get into that.
1: Reese Hall, right now, uh, and I've talked to plenty of high stakes players. I'm sure you have too, Kev. Had Hall not torn his ACL last year, he might have been the 101 in drafts this year. That's how good he was looking last year. And obviously, with the addition of Aaron Rodgers. At the 305, running back 11 behind Derrick Henry or Major Stevenson, right ahead of Jameer Gibbs and Najee Harris, your thoughts on him as a, as a mid third round pick? How have you been attacking him? Have you been getting him at that spot so far this year?
3: Yeah, if I start out with two wide receivers, Brees Hall is right at the top of the queue coming into the third. Um, if I knew he'd be healthy for week one, I'm I still a little – Well, he'd be, think going think than, yeah, he'd be going higher right,
1: than the mid-third.
3: Right. He he, he, certain, he may go 1-1-0. Well, RB1 at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't think we know that. Even if he's healthy in spring and the summer,
1: mm-hmm.
3: I still like like if I'm running a team, if I'm the coach, I'm bringing him back slow. Like I, I'm, I, I he's on a pitch count. Like I want him for the end of the season because I got Aaron Rodgers for the playoffs, right? Like if, even if he's fully healthy, I would work him in slow. But that is actually what you want like mm-hmm. he's still going to get the high value touches so yeah if we know he's healthy he's a first rounder so like if he's sitting there in the third especially when i get two wide receivers to start i'll take call all day
1: yeah it almost makes me think that the uncertainty with Brees hall has made him unfairly fall too far right like right. um be- because of you know we're, we're talking about Um, The team here in June, they're still hoping that he's ready for week one. This is not, oh, we'll see what happens. Oh, we're taking it day by day. Oh, we're liking how he's coming along. No, they they still think by week one. And the fact that we have that timeline, I think, maybe bumps him up, especially as the drafting season gets deeper and deeper here in July and August. Maybe we start seeing him go up the boards uh, as well.
0: what's up gang we are back uh as has become tradition after two episodes now we went a little long with the guest leaving not much time for sleepers yeah timothy Lambert. i see you there buddy love a good buffett reference yeah i know tim is a finance guy himself went to school with Bentley, so i figured you would like that reference uh you guys in the chat throw up uh, the sleeper QBs you like, because it's now time to get in that segment. I see you, Chris Sellers, Desmond Ritter to the moon. He's on the table here. He's on the table. Everybody is. Uh, to make it easier for you guys, uh, let's pull up uh, Earn Dog if you have that graphic. I just took the remaining quarterbacks. We went through the top 19 or so. Uh, so now we got the back end guys here. Uh, we've got Jordan Love going off, and this is all FFPC ADP. Uh, these are guys, you know, this is one of the uh, the sharpest sites when it comes to uh, drafting high stakes teams. So we got Jordan Love, 137, Kenny Pickett, Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, Brock Purdy, a couple of rookies, people taking shots on. And then you just get into basically the guys who are the starters uh, as of now, starters in name only. Obviously, after that, you can start taking stabs on your backup du jour. But uh, when I look at this crew, the first thing that jumps off the page at me, obviously guys like Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford, right? Where they feel out of place until you consider the injury situations with those guys. But as we're seeing now with Javante Williams, he might actually play. Kyler Murray says he wants to play. He, uh, we can take that graphic down Earn Dog. uh, Kyler Murray says he wants to play. He, um, and he has a, a big reason to play here. And that's that there's all these people talking about how there's a new regime. They might want Caleb Williams the easiest way. To prevent the team from drafting Caleb Williams is to win. Caleb Williams is going to go one, maybe two, if somebody else comes out and pulls a Joe Burrow and just, you know, comes out of nowhere, throws 60 touchdown passes and is a top dog. But as of right now, we expect him to go one or two. If Kyler Murray wants to protect his job, the easiest way to do that is get back out there and win. So there's a possibility he comes back. But for now, I'm expecting him to miss up to half the season because they're not going to bring him back until he's right. With Kyler Murray, I'm it's a very simple way I'm treating it. If I have an IR spot, I'm drafting him, and I'm putting him there, and I'm picking somebody else up. Simple as that. I mean, you can get him pretty deep, uh, and you immediately move him to that IR spot, and then you immediately get that bench spot back. And where you draft him, you've already drafted your full starting lineup and multiple bench spots. So for Kyler Murray, yeah, it's, that's just a why not for me, especially if you have two IR spots, move them up. Move them up around or two because in that range, nobody's going to make a difference like a healthy Kyler Murray down the stretch. Uh, with Matthew Stafford. I I just need more information. It is still July. I need to see him out there, huck it, chuck it. Him just saying that he plays tennis with Cooper Cup and and that therefore doesn't have tennis elbow, that's not working for me. That's not selling me. So I got to see him out there actually uh, getting it done. So I look around in this range and what I need to see is I need to see some sort of change. I do, you know, we do know that quarterbacks can obviously take a step forward. But if you have catalysts to help that, it just makes it that much easier. For example, coaching changes. Trevor Lawrence, right? Urban Meyer was an unmitigated disaster. It is funny hearing people, you know, make cases for Hugh Jackson, for the Bengals and Browns, or other coaches. But I think Urban Meyer's tenure there is up there and possibly the number one worst head coaching debut I've ever seen. You know, not going back on the plane, kicking his own kicker and saying the head bowl coach can kick whoever he wants. Just every part of that was a a disaster. And it's not surprising that Doug Peterson comes in, a guy that has won a Super Bowl, guy that's worked with, uh, you know, Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate with Doug Peterson. People forget that. And Trevor Lawrence takes a big step forward. So coaching changes, that's one way to get there. Another one, weapons added. Josh Allen, I talked about it earlier, completion percentage. As a rookie, 52%. That is well outside the range of the top 32 quarterbacks It's so far outside the range of the top 32 quarterbacks that he came back the next year and threw for 58 which is an increase and that was 32nd he literally went from unacceptable to dead last from one year to the next the rushing is what kept us in and then they added stefan Diggs, and boom goes up to 69 completion percentage there's 37 touchdown passes did he get better yes did the coaches get better sure did adding Stephon Diggs help a lot? Absolutely. So those are a couple of things that we look for. Uh, I've been looking at it, and I've also been looking at uh, FFPC ADP. That to me, uh, I've said it multiple times on the show. But when I look at ADP, I want to look at people that have skin in the game. I don't want to look at Yahoo mock drafts or whatever mock drafts. Uh, I'm looking for guys like I'm looking for guys that are putting skin in the game and drafting real teams and drafting them now. The FFPC high stakes buy-in is two thousand dollars to for one team, and uh, winner gets you know million bucks. And there's not too many teams in it, so very very serious games. That's why I like that ADP. Uh, you should go over there, use promo code uh, Alarm at myffpc.com, and if you deposit over thirty five bucks, they'll they'll give you twenty five for free. So that's a pretty good setup over there. Uh, so I look at the ADP for those guys. Uh, Erdog, if we could pull that graphic up again, it'll be a little easier to look at. Sorry, I'm yelling at you to, to get rid of it. And I'm, now I'm telling you to bring it back. But uh, it's easier to look at this way. The first guy I like is uh, Kenny Pickett, right? So Kenny Pickett, it, it, this is the argument we made for Tua last year, is we looked at where Tyreek Hill was drafted. We looked at where Jalen Waddell was drafted. We looked at where Mike Gusecki was drafted. And then Tua was not being drafted. And we said, look, either everyone's wrong about Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Or two is being drafted too low, and to me, I would, ra- I personally would rather have not spent up on Tyreek Hill, which proved to be a mistake. But I was taking a lot of Tua, which proved to be great because when he was healthy, he was a top ten QB. Uh, so that worked out pretty well. In this case, Kenny Pickett. I mean, Najee Harris is going pick forty. Deontay Johnson going pick seventy. friarmuth eighty six. Pickens ninety four. All these guys are going top one hundred. I've seen people even take Allen Robinson, but we don't like Kenny Pickett. Uh, you know, obviously the downside is there. There's a chance he might not be that good. Last year he only threw seven touchdown passes, which is nothing. I mean, uh, you know, Walter Payton has more career touchdown passes than Kenny Pickett has of right now. But uh that's a guy that I look at the weapons and say, hey, why not? Especially in two QB leagues. Why can't Kenny Pickett just play better with all these weapons that they have? So that's one. Uh another one, this one goes to the coaching change is Mac Jones. Mac Jones going off the board at 196. He's free, right? You don't need to draft him in single QB, but you can keep an eye on him. Uh, last year was a nightmare with Matt Patricia, injuries to him, injuries to other players. Now they bring in Bill O'Brien, man. Bill O'Brien was part of, uh, he was with the team from 2007 to 2011. 2007 Patriots and 2011 Patriots are two of the greatest all-time offenses ever. And I know Tom Brady is a lot of that, but we can't discount that Bill O'Brien was calling the plays. He was building that offense. And back then they had Rob Gronkowski as an inline tight end, Mike Gesicki in the slot, and Wes Welker getting 170 targets. Now they're trying to recreate that with Hunter Henry in line, Mike Gesicki in the slot as Aaron Hernandez, and Juju Smith-Schuster as Wes, as Wes Welker. And I look around, and the sauce gardener, I pulled it up. He only played nine snaps in the slot last year. So they're either going to need to change what they do to combat all these slot guys, or it could be free reign. So Mac Jones is a guy... That I'm interested in taking. We forget he had the second highest completion percentage of any rookie all time uh, of any of any of the rookies out there. So I'm in on that. Only Dak Prescott was higher. That was the guy who was higher and uh, he turned out pretty good. Last guy, Ryan Tannehill, picked 213. This was almost too easy. We expect the ADP to adjust, but it doesn't have to be that hard. He's got Hopkins, he's got Burks, he's got Chig now. Uh, You know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, less than 10% of QBs ever throw for 33 yards. And I watched Ryan Tannehill do it just a couple of years ago with AJ Brown. So entirely possible. Uh, if you want to take advantage of these ADPs uh, and, and use my advice, grab those three guys, go to myffpc.com use promo code ALARM and uh, deposit over 35 bucks. They'll give you a free 25. So that's what I'm doing. Erndi, we can take the graphic now if you want. Uh, but yeah, that, those are the guys I like in that range. And again, uh, make arguments for yourself. This show is about concepts. I'm giving you the concepts. And if you turn around to me and say, hey, you know, well, uh, you know, Kyler Murray has a, a new quarterback and offensive coordinator, bad example because he's kind of hurt, or Russell Wilson, we talked about new coordinator. Make those arguments. I have no problem with that. If you have a, a reason for those guys, I would love to hear it. Uh hit me up on Twitter at coupe fiasco, put them in the chat here. So that's the way I'm approaching those guys. After that, uh, we want to cover the entire position. We've covered in the beginning of the episode, we covered elite quarterbacks. We brought in Scott Fish to cover the mid-range. Uh, I just talked about the sleepers that are actually being drafted. Not really. Sleepers but more like two QB league guys where they're getting drafted in every league. The last group here is the guys after that, where some of us play crazy deep dynasty leagues, crazy deep best ball or seasonal leagues or keeper leagues, where you have taxi squads, you have spots to get put guys. The ones I'm most interested in are tied to the quarterbacks that have the shortest leash. To me, that's Sam Howell and that's Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter, uh, they brought in Taylor Heineke, who is a very serviceable quarterback. And if Desmond Ritter can't make the jump this year, I wouldn't, I mean, he's a third round NFL draft pick. Those guys like Davis Mills, we've seen how short that leash can be, how easily they can be replaced. This is Desmond Ritter's chance to be the dude. And I see sellers in the chat, Ritter's my number one exposure at QB. I think that's actually fine. They That, that team had one of the best off seasons I've seen of any team. So you can bet on Ritter, just keep an eye on Taylor Heineke. Because if it goes south quick, this team drafting a running back in the first round and you know bringing back Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry and Keith Smith, like they're trying to play right now, they're trying to compete right now to win that division. They got the second best odds of any team in the division, and the the top team, the uh, you know the, the the Panthers are they are not really that, or the Saints they're not really that far out in front. So uh, that I don't mind taking Ritter, but keep an eye on Heineke. The other one, obviously Jacoby Brissett, he might just be a better quarterback right now. Than Sam Howell is sometimes that's worth it. Obviously, long term, we think Sam Howell has better upside, but he's a fifth round pick. Jacoby Brissett was good last year on the Browns. Amari Cooper was close to all you know, a ton of his all time records for receiving yards and targets and receptions and touchdowns, all of it playing with Jacoby Brissett. So, I mean, he was better with Brissett than he was with Deshaun Watson. So, keep an eye on that. And before I let you go, I'm going to give you one last name. Uh, the deepest guy that I'm taking, I actually drafted him in the last round of the Scott Fishbowl, uh, which is two QB league, and I'm holding him in a number of dynasty leagues because he's a great scratch ticket. Now, a lottery ticket is somebody you got to hold on to long term. Uh, you're waiting to see if they, uh, you know, if, if they break out, or you know, or if they, or somebody gets hurt, like a handcuff. A scratch ticket to me, we get answers week one. Clayton Toon for the Arizona Cardinals was drafted this year by a new regime. Colt McCoy is old regime, and people at first were saying they didn't even know if uh, they had any, any interest in Colt McCoy. If this team is doing a bridge year, which they clearly are, they're over-under set at four and a half, why not throw Clayton Toon out there and see what he can do? And in Superflex and Dynasty in these deep leagues, as we saw with Davis Mills, if you are starting, you have some value, especially in like a, a single-season league like Scott Fishbowl where we don't care about long-term, there is value there. For bye weeks, for injuries, if he's a starting quarterback, he could start up to half the year. So Clayton Toon is a guy that I'm just, wherever I have a last bench spot, I'm throwing him in there. He's a perfect last bench spot because if he doesn't win the starting job, okay, we need to drop somebody anyway. You have to make early waiver moves to have success in your league. That's where all the hottest pick goes. You have to have somebody to drop. So if he's not the starting QB, I'll drop Clayton Toon. I'll hit the next hot pickup. So that's my roundabout. The entire quarterback group this is going to go up on Spotify and iTunes. Do me a favor out there if you're hanging out, hit subscribe, hit like, hang out with us each week. We're going to do tight ends, and we're going to do uh, we're going to do running backs as well next. I can't believe I forgot the most important position in fantasy. Uh, coming up after this show, we've got another amazing new show, Brits Blitz with Brit Flynn. She crushed her first episode last week. Make sure you stay here whether you're on the Better Sports Network or whether you're on Fantasy Alarm and hang out and check out what she's got because I do more concepts here. She hits on the news, she hits on the current events and she crushes, man. So get your popcorn ready. It's news time with Brit Blitz. Thanks for joining me, guys.